Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I want to go for just a few minutes to 1 Samuel chapter 20. I'm not going to preach long. Maybe, maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Is that all right? That was too big of an amen. But I, I, want, to, I want you to look with me tonight at this text and I'll explain it in just a moment but I just want to read it and I want you to lead, lean in and I want to highlight a couple things it's just two verses this is 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 35 so it was in the morning that Jonathan went out into the field at the time appointed with David and a little lad was with him and he said to this lad now run and find the arrows which I shoot as the lad, as the child or the lad, the little kid ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the lad, the lad had come to the place where the arrow was, which Jonathan had shot, and I've got a ring up here. Jonathan cried out after the lad and said, is not the arrow beyond you? Is not the arrow beyond beyond you. Every once in a while, I like to read out of the King James. I like the spin of the King James, the oldest Bible that is translated in English. And it puts it like this, is not the arrow beyond thee? That Old Testament word, thee, meaning you. I want to talk to you for a few minutes tonight on this story. Let me set up what was taking place. Saul was king of Israel. David was a young giant killer that had become famous in Israel. When, you're, when they're writing songs about you, you're famous. When, when they're naming babies after your name, you're famous. And David had become so famous for killing Goliath that the Bible said they... They said a song and wrote a song and it must have been, a, you know, hit the charts pretty big because the king heard about it. And the song had lyrics that went, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And for a jealous king, that was not what he wanted to hear. And so he became psycho. He became insanely jealous of David. David was living in the palace at the king's invitation when all this fame came to David and Saul couldn't handle it and he started throwing and fits of rage and one day he got mad and tried to throw a spear and kill him. Can you imagine living in that palace? Now, now stay with me just a moment. And so the Bible said that Saul had a son by the name of Jonathan. And Jonathan became a very close friend to David. He said, David, basically, I'm going to sum it up. He said, David, my dad, King Saul, is crazy. And unless I see that he's come back to his senses, you better not come to the palace. The last time you were here, he tried to spear you. He said, I tell you what I'm going to do. We're going to have a secret signal. I want you to go and I want you to run for your life and I want you to hide. And I'm going to secretly let you know what the king is saying about you 
when, because he's invited you back and he's expecting you back tomorrow. But I'm going to listen in on my dad's conversations with his army generals concerning you. And here's the secret signal. I'm going to take a bow and arrow and I'm going to place it, have a, a servant place a f target out in the field. And if I shoot the arrow and it hits the target and the boy cries out that you hit the target, that means secretly while you're hiding in the bushes, you can come out of the bushes and come back to the palace. The coast is clear. But, but if I shoot the arrow and it goes beyond and further than the target, way over the target, and the lad will holler back to me. He won't know you're hiding in the bushes looking for directions, waiting on God to speak to you, to give you the next thing you're supposed to do. He won't know this. There's a secret signal, a destiny determiner that's about to happen here. And nobody's going to know it but me and you. But if he says, it is beyond thee, then you are not to come back here. You are to go in a different direction. Not everybody's going to know what's going on. But I'm going to give you a secret direction and signal. A destiny determiner, an indicator of whether you are to go or you are to stay. Whether you are to run or you are to come back home. And he said that signal will be something that I want you to focus on and listen for. Is it not beyond thee? The arrow, and this is what I want you to get. Because this is, this is a Bible principle that I'm going to give you tonight. That when God calls you to do something. He will give you the signals and the directions to determine your destiny. But the secret is found in this little message. Because when he shot the arrow, he shot it purposely beyond the target to warn David, don't come out of the bushes. There's an assassin waiting. If you come home, Saul's going to have your head on the table. So he shot it beyond the target and the Bible said the young lad ran out to see where the arrow landed and he screamed back as loud as he could. It is beyond thee. The thought is this. The Bible principle is this. What I have found concerning the dream, the, the call, the mission, the purpose of our lives, when God begins to unfold his will in our lives in every instance our highest loftiest dreams will reach a point where it is beyond us I can't reach it it's further than I, I know I feel this direction I know I've got clear direction I know I'm supposed to do this but I'm not capable. It's out. I can't get my fingers on it. It's beyond me. 
what God is asking me to do. It is beyond me. I don't, I'm not talented enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. It is beyond me. God will never place you in a comfort zone permanently. His will will always stretch you to the point that it feels like it is beyond me. The Bible principle that I'm giving you is we're constantly calculating and accumulating and measuring and I can do this and I can do that, but I can't do that. But when it comes to God's plan for your life, the arrow will always be beyond you. You'll never have enough. You'll never have enough on your own. God has designed it that you just, you can almost get to it, but your talent is enough. Your gifting isn't enough. Your connections are not enough. Your resources are not enough. When God's really told you to do something, there will be the margin of the miraculous. In other words, it's going to take God to bridge you from where you can furthest reach to the thing and destiny that God has called you to. It's always beyond thee. If you understand that, you won't be intimidated by the call of God on your life. Some of you are saying, I'll never, I, I can't go to college. It's beyond me. I can't even graduate from high school. I'm thinking about dropping out. It is beyond me. Good. That's where God can get in. But you don't understand. I don't have a, I don't have a, a good family or I don't come from the right neighborhood and I don't have the money. I don't have this to do anything important with my life. It's beyond me. I don't have any talent. Yes, you do. If you understand what I'm preaching to you tonight, you won't be intimidated. It's always beyond you. You're not weird. If what God's telling you you can do is beyond you. You're not a less gifted person. If I was just Pastor Jake, if I just had what that guy has, if I could just play like that, if I could just look like that, if I just had that person's looks, if I had her lips, if I had that butt, if I had this or that. It's always something beyond you that the enemy will try to disqualify you with. That woke you up. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 7 says that some plant and some water, but it is God that gives the increase. In other words, if it grows, it is beyond you. You hear me, youth pastor? You can plant and you can water, but you cannot grow. That is not your part. You do your part and then the growth is beyond you, but God gives the increase. It's not by might. It's not by power. The dream and the call and the mission that God has on many, on every one of you, I'm gonna say it like I feel it. It's not gonna happen with your own ingenuity, talent, and ability. You, you will get close to it. Your fingertips will almost get to it, but it's gonna require God to get 
to be the bridge between you reaching as far as you can reach and the thing actually being touched by you. There's going to be an invisible gap that God himself, the Holy Spirit, is going to feel. And he's going to say, it's beyond you, but it's not beyond me. I'm saying to you that when it comes to salvation, the Bible said we have all sinned. Romans uh, 3 and 23, we have all sinned and come short. Listen to that. I'm going to live holy. I'm really going to do good. I'm I'm done. I'm never going to sin again. It's beyond you. We've all sinned and and let's say that's that's salvation. And we keep coming short with our efforts. We need to give our efforts. We need to do what? We need to obey the Bible. We need to do our best. But when it comes down to it, I'll never measure up. I can't quite touch it. I can't quite. It takes, it is beyond me, but that's where the Holy Spirit says, come, let my grace help you. Let my blood forgive you. Let my spirit fill you. Let my word renew your mind. Let my word change you. Let me transform you. And suddenly you're doing the impossible, but it's beyond you. I feel sorry for the antichrist, whoever it is. Turn to somebody and say, are you the antichrist? You know, his number, according to the book of Revelation, is 666. Six is the number of man. Seven is God's number. He said, the seven, he said on the seventh day, don't, don't do any work. That's my day because seven is mine. Six is yours. Do whatever you want to do with six, but seven is mine. Here's my point. The Antichrist wants to be like God. That's why his number is 666. He keeps trying to be like God and he can only get to six. (laughs) And then he tries again and he can only get to six. And then he tries again and he can only get to six. And the only thing that can change a devil into an angel and change a fallen person like you and like me into a child of the Most High God is it takes God. It takes, it is beyond you to change you. You have to have the changer come in your heart. Clap your hands and thank God. Do all that you can do. Let me finish. Do all that you can do and there'll still be a gap between you and the thing you're trying to reach for. I want, let's, let's have a little object lesson in here. I want you to pretend that this pulpit is the very will of God for the rest of your life. It's the, it's the call of God. It's the direction of God. It is the resources of God. It is the relationships that God has already planned in your future that are on the way, the right people, it's everything. And I want you, without your butt leaving the seat, I want you to stretch and try to touch it from where you are. All right, ready? If you don't do it, I'm gonna call you out. (laughs) Y'all ready? I'm talking about this is God's plan for your life right there. I want you to reach for it. I see all y'all. No, you got to get close. Is that all you would reach for? Is that it? I'm talking about this is it. This is it. Come on, give it all you got. You can't do it, can you? 
getting close. You didn't do it on you didn't do it right though. Here's my point. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. Because he is the bridge from this row all the way up here. The Holy Spirit. Because I used to be a teenager sitting out there, but I knew God had called me to stand behind there. But I sat back and I gave excuses because I was fearful. I was intimidated. I had no self-esteem. I had no self-confidence. Uh, and I would give God 14 different reasons why I couldn't be used, why he couldn't do anything with somebody like me, why I couldn't speak publicly, why I couldn't do what God had called me to do. And, and it would, it, it, I would get in services. I would get in special times, maybe a youth camp somewhere or something. The Spirit of God would touch me. I would sometimes just be all messed up. But something in me said, it's beyond you. Jensen, you can't do that. It's beyond you to open a Bible and preach. You're stupid. I know who you are, Jensen. That's what I would hear when I would look in the mirror. You're, you can't get up. You can't come up with another. You can't come up with a sermon. You can't do anything. You're not smart enough. You're not talented enough. You're not made of the right stuff. That's beyond you. But I knew God called me to do what I'm doing right now. I didn't choose myself. God chose me. But listen to this. The greatest battle that I had to overcome was when God would speak to me through preachers and I would sit there and something in with me would dream and see me preaching behind that pulpit, but everything inside of me internally was crying, it's beyond you. It's beyond you. And I, I can remember the battles I can remember walking up to pulpits all of my life. Even to this day, I find myself in situations and in, in coliseums and places, all TV and all this stuff and the White House or, 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 or Fox News, CNN News. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this, this is beyond me. What am I doing here? I'll tell you what I'm doing here. It's that margin that God said, because I can trust you to always need me. I can trust you to always rely on me. I can trust you to always get on your knees when you don't have the answer and cry and never get so high and haughty that you can't be broken and say, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. And there's something about that person who says, I don't have enough, and I'm not enough, and I'm not sharp enough, and I'm not good enough. But God, if you can use anything, I'll reach as far as I can go with any talent or ability that I've got. And if you need me, then I invite you to fill the space between me and the purpose because it is beyond me. You can't even get saved on your own. The sinner's got his part. Repent. That's your part. Just say, God, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for what I did. I truly am. 
I want to turn back to you. I want to come back to you. Please forgive me. Please take me tonight. Please, Lord, I'm reaching for you. I'm reaching for you, but that ain't enough. That, that won't save you. You got to do your part and then the real act of salvation and transformation is beyond you. But when you do what you can do, then comes the miraculous. The preacher's got to preach. That's my part. But the Holy Spirit has got to touch your heart. And there's a gap between me in the pulpit and you sitting there. But tonight, this is a night of destiny. And the Holy Spirit says, I can touch you where you are. If you'll reach for it. When I think about healing, our job, our part is to lay hands on people. Anoint them with oil. But I can't heal nobody. That's my part. That's my reaching. But it's God's part. The healing of somebody is beyond me. But if I'll do my part, the Holy Spirit said he would do his part. And it'll get somebody to healing. Well, what if they don't get healed? Well, I didn't hurt them by praying for them. Well, what if you pray for somebody and they don't get healed? I say next. Because I never healed anybody anyhow. All I'm supposed to do is just keep reaching for people. <laughs> I'm almost done. Will you stay with me a minute? In Acts chapter 4, the Bible said that they brought a a man who was on a cot. He was, he was, they brought him, actually he was lame and the Bible said they brought him to the temple daily. Who is they? They did it every day. They did it every day. They brought him to the temple daily. They said, we're going to get him as close as we can get him to what God is doing. And that's one of the greatest things you can do is bring your friends and bring your family and get them to come to church. And you can't save anybody, but if you'll just get them to the temple, it's beyond you to change their heart. It's beyond you to make them like it. It's beyond you to please go to the altar. It's beyond you to get them to do that. But if we will do what we can do and just take them to the temple. The Bible said he got healed, took up his bed and ran out with it. He will not do his part till you do your part. He will not do your part some of you are addicted. You're addicted to cigarettes. You're addicted to weed. You're addicted to porn. You're addicted to alcohol. And you're in the right place tonight. And you say, I really want to stop. I want to stop, you know, sleeping with my girlfriend, but it's beyond me. It's beyond me to do right. It's beyond me to live right. I've tried that church stuff. It is beyond me. I'm not asking you to try harder. I'm asking you tonight to come to Jesus in total humility and honesty and say, it's beyond me to change me. I got a bad temper. I got a bad mouth. I got, I got all of this. But hey, Holy Spirit, I'm reaching for you as far as I can reach for you on a Saturday night. And if it's beyond you, the Holy Spirit says, that's all I needed was for you to reach for it. And if you'll reach, then the Holy Spirit will reach. In Acts chapter 12, 
Peter was in prison. And the Bible said an angel came. And the Bible said the door opened of its own accord. It's like magic. And the door burst open with supernatural power. And the Bible said the chains that Simon Peter was chained in, they fell off supernaturally. And the darkness of that nasty jail cell lit up with the glory of God. Can you imagine chains falling off, doors swinging open, an angel floating in? And then the angel says the strangest thing. He said to Simon Peter, put on your shoes. Well, why do I need to put them on? They're so, just put them on a cloud and, and, and let them float over and let them slide onto my feet supernaturally. Everything else is happening supernaturally. The angel said, I'm not going to do for you what you can do for yourself. You can't break the chains. You can't open the prison door, but you can put your shoes on. And if you'll reach for it, it's beyond you, but I'm not going to do what's not beyond you. It's, it's not, see, the, the reason you don't get help is not because God can't help you. It's because you won't put your shoes on and you won't humble yourself and you won't come down and say, God, I really need a change. I'm desperate. I'm reaching. If you'll do your part, turn to your neighbor and say, put your shoes on. you know, I've really got a talent. I can sing, Pastor. Then get in the praise team. Get in the, get volunteer. And get up here. Put your shoes on. But I have a fear of crowds. Welcome to the world. We all do. We all have excuses. We all have things, we crutches we could fall on and say, I could never do that. I'll never be anything. I'll never amount to anything. But I, God is not calling you to that place. That's not God's voice in your life telling you to dream little, think little, settle where you are, don't achieve, don't be anything, don't reach for anything. The voice of the Holy Spirit will stretch you beyond who you are and what you think you're capable of. And he'll, he'll take you so far beyond. But he's rigged it. That you can't do it. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. You can't do it without him. And I close with this. You do what you can do. He'll do what you can't do. When the Lord told me to preach, I said, Lord, it's beyond me. You may say, well, you're not doing a good job of it. Well, I don't look for your approval. I preach for his approval. But what I'm trying to say to you is, I had about, I had about finally, after some months of preaching, I had about five sermons. And then, and then I developed about 20 sermons and I preached them and re-preached them and re-preached them as an evangelist and maybe 30 sermons. If I'd, have, if I'd have dropped dead in the middle of any one of them, Sharice could have, my wife, she had heard them so many times that she could have got up and preached them word for word after I died. That's the truth. That's all I had. But then God called me to pastor we had some weeks of great revival and then I ran out of sermons and I said Lord 
this is beyond me. He said, come on out here where I'm going to teach you that the gift is not enough, the talent is not enough. Your ingenuity, your, your little stuff is not enough. You need me. And this is where I like it. I like you needing me. You'll never, listen to this, you'll never have it all. There will always be the margin of the miraculous. God reacts when we act. He will make up the difference. And here's what I want to say in closing. It starts out common. The call of God on your life starts off ordinary. But somewhere between reaching and striving, this one thing I do, forgetting that which is behind, I stretch, I reach for that which is ahead, and you're trying to make it happen and trying to make it. Somewhere between the ordinary and the common, it turned into a miracle. This whole ministry. Somewhere it's going to turn into a miracle if you're reaching for the right thing. And I'm telling you tonight that when you do all that you can do, then He's going to do what you can't do. It's beyond thee. You need Him. When God gave us this building, it was beyond me pastoring in Georgia to pastor a church in Southern California. But tomorrow this place will be filled in multiple services. It's so beyond me. But God said, reach and do it and I'll make it happen. Whatever you need, I'll make it happen. And there's big dreams that God is placing in your heart. But you're going to have to really seek Him. You're going to have to really have times when you get broken and desperate. There has to be those services where you, you really forget about yourself. Go beyond yourself. It is beyond you. We don't care how cool you are. We don't care about your hair. We don't care about any of that. You have to reach a point where you say, I'm beyond me now. I need you. I'm desperate. And when you get like that, God will always come and be the bridge between you and the miraculous. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.